Welcome to Real Money Talks. Real strategies from the money makers and the world changers that you can use to make millions, keep those millions, multiply your wealth, and build your team. Here's your host, author of five New York Times bestsellers, money expert on Dr. Phil, CNN, CNBC, The Street TV, Fox News, and The View, Laurel Langmire. Great to be back with everybody. I can't believe we're like past the halfway point on our home stretch to making tons and tons of money. And uh, we want to welcome you all to week five and uh, session five, I should say, of the reading room with the Cash Machine book. So I would hope by now that all of you out there have not only just read the book, you've devoured the book, you know exactly what you want to do for your cash machine. Um, we have gone through the skills, we have gone through ideas, we have gone through, uh, you know, finding your model company in that form that you're going to follow. Somebody out there does close enough to what you do. You have got to find somebody. Uh, we just had a session at the big table and several people were completing, and uh, meaning they're, they're on their third session, 240 days, and they still haven't found that model company. And I can promise you there's a big part of that that is absolutely why you're not making money because you're trying to make too much up. When you make it up by yourself without any experience or results, it slows down your results. Uh, we have talked about really mapping revenue modeling. We've talked about building the team. Today we are in Chapter 7. And um, read, read, read. And I'll tell you the other way if you are not a big reader fan is go to liveoutloud.com forward slash reading room and re-listen to the first five actually because we had an orientation call and we have one, two, three, four, all calls up there. And uh, just to give you a preview, today we're talking about marketing and sales, my favorite. Next week, guess what? We're going to touch on Chapter 8, Operation and Finance, but really we're back to marketing and sales. And then week um, 7, we we're going to do more of a Q&A. And if you don't have a lot of questions, then guess what we're going to do? Marketing and sales. So you start getting the theme. At this point, it is about you have your idea, you have your model company, you have your revenue model, you have got to go make money. It is absolutely, we're on the home stretch, all about making cash. Don, let's put up some polling questions. Let's see how much money everybody's making. Our goal is to help you get your goal, and you have got to market itself. So we're going to talk about that. I have a guest speaker today. We have a makeover today. We have a lot to do today. And um, as we head into the final home stretch of the eighth call, we will be well into September, and honestly, the next place we need to see you, talk to you, have some conversation with you is at the Cash Machine Workshop in Washington, D.C. Um, so do not delay. Um, the hotel is, uh, you know, reserving rooms right now. The earlier out you get your flight, um, the better flight you're going to get. So <clears throat> get to your strategist and uh, sign up, sign up, sign up, sign up. So, Don, before we jump into our fifth week, Chapter 7 of our material, are there questions out there from our homework review? So if you go to slide two, we always jump in and do a little catch-up. So slide two, homework review, what questions might you have, Don, so we can catch everybody up? Absolutely. Well, the first question is coming from Christine, and Christine is asking, uh, would you please talk about marketing in the real estate mortgage industry? Real estate, and that's an interesting question. I'm not sure I understand it. Talk well, it's, about pretty, real it's, a, it's a pretty wide open question, Laurel. Um, 
but somebody is, is really uh, looking here at marketing in the mortgage industry. So I'm assuming they're a mortgage broker, that type of thing. Okay. So, if, well, first of all, um, only the strong will survive in this industry right now. The subprime is obviously falling out. A lot of people are having a hard time getting loans. Um, you know, the very rich culture that anybody that could breathe could get a loan, and anybody who could actually write a ticket could write could be a mortgage broker. Those days are gone. I actually think you're in a, we have a bigger mortgage problem than we have a real estate problem. In fact, it's because of, uh, you know, they're hand in hand. So if I was you in this economy, number one, I would find some experts who have lived through this kind of economy. I would really target the pain in this right now. There is a ton of foreclosures going on everywhere. Um, I would be the solution for people. And uh, instead of the sales of another mortgage, I mean, that's the last thing people need to hear or be pitched. So I would really kind of recreate yourself as a, the solution person from a marketing perspective, real estate and or mortgage. Excellent. Be the solution. There's an enormous amount of pain out there. Excellent. To uh, a couple others. Yes, I do have a couple others, and I just want to mention there's a lot of people uh, uh, writing in right now and asking about the Cash Machine Workshop and roommates and such like that. I would suggest you go to our, live, our website, liveoutloud.com forward slash reading room. There is a forum on there. We have put that forum on there for all of you. You can go in there and uh, uh, flesh out your ideas, connect with people, find roommates for the events, whatever it is you want to turn that into. That's for you. So that would be a great place for you to go to try to make some of that happen. Uh, next question here is from Vonda. Is it okay to go ahead with my business idea, even though I have not been able to connect with someone to use as a business model? So the question is, is it I'm okay sorry, to go ahead? No worries, no. Laurel. Is it okay to go ahead with my business idea, even though I have not been able to connect with someone to use as a business model? Yes. Um, never, ever, ever stop to wait when you're out playing the game. Which means, I mean, you have to go. I mean, during your journey and while you're moving. You know, stay tuned and know that you're going to have to loop back and you're going to, you know, need to find a model company. But, again, the thing a model company is going to do for you is going to shorten your learning curve. So if you're not finding the exact model, first of all, I'd widen your search. I think you're probably being maybe a little too picky. Um, I wouldn't be quite as picky about it. I would widen your search to pricing models. Like somebody's done something close enough. And uh, believe me, your fastest path to cash is I would do both. I would keep moving while looking, and the minute you find those, you know, a model company, it'll just amplify what you're doing. So don't stop. Always keep moving. Um, like building, leading, protecting. I think a lot of you um, have gotten that program, and um, hopefully you've done that program by now. It's so interesting when I um, have clients email in and say, "Well, you know, I just couldn't figure out my vision," which is the first chapter of the book. So I just I put it away for now. No, you don't have a vision, so what? Let's get on to the strategies. You still can put the rest of the plan together, and in fact, going through the exercises of the whole book will have you then have the ability to loop back to the front. So, in fact, what you might find is moving ahead forward will give you more information to then loop back and have more of an openness and a perspective to finding a model company. So always, always stay in motion. Remember, if you treat your cash machine like an airplane, you have got to get this thing off the ground. The hardest thing is to get it off the ground. So if you're just kind of stutter-stepping, stutter-stepping, 
you're just going to be wandering around on the field. Like, you have got to get it in flight, because once it's in flight, we can always course correct much easier with a lot more grace, simplicity, but you cannot just sit on the ground and sit on the ground. There is no cash to be made on the ground. You've got to get this plane in flight. So I don't care if it's making the first 100 bucks, 200 bucks, 1000 dollars you have got to move and get your plane in flight. So, John, I know there's probably a ton of questions, but I'm going to keep us moving because we have a lot to do today on our call. And if Very you go good. to the next, okay, so if you go to the next um, slide, the entrepreneurial skill set, you know, we've been talking about this, and for those of you that are in the book, remember you should be having three things in front of you at all calls. You need to have the book in front of you, so we're talking through our chapter. You need to have your uh, PowerPoint up on your webinar. And, uh, again, we're linking these to the back area of our uh, website, so you can always pull those down. And you need to have some notes. So as you look at really the entrepreneurial skill set, the two that are highlighted were on marketing and sales. And I truly believe it takes all of these skill sets to be an entrepreneur. So you may be the greatest technician at engineering, some computer thing, a nurse, um, teacher, cook, whatever, architect, whatever you do. But to do that without an entrepreneurial skill set, right? How many of you went to, uh, you know, school but never learned the business side of the, tech, of the technical thing? I mean, doctors, I think they get a three-hour class maybe in business. Um, I don't think they get anything in marketing and sales. Um, dentists, same thing. They don't get any marketing and sales and business skills. Entrepreneurialism is the core. It's the, you, you've got to have these on your – I mean, I think as we teach kids in school, and you've all heard me say this, these are skill sets we have to learn. We have to learn marketing. We have to learn sales. We have to learn management leadership. We have to learn finance. Um, you can hire operations, but you really got to know the rest. You, you have to. So as we look at marketing and sales, many of you on the call say, man, I just – maybe I don't like it. Um, I'm not good at it. My first question would be, are you really not good at it or have you really not tried? Like if you really not put any effort into it. Because if you've never put effort in it, just like anything else, of course you're not good at it. But if you really have attempted it and literally got out there and haven't been good at it, then we're going to learn some stuff today. So as you think about marketing and sales, um, and we're on page 145 of the book, Engaging the Customer. In order to develop your marketing plan, your cash machine team needs to know how to define your business. So, you know, what do you do? How do you do it? For whom do you do it? And why do you do it? Um, believe me, you should start seeing overlapping content between the building, leading, protecting, and this program. And uh, you have to know what is the business you're doing? What do you do? How do you do it for someone? Let me give you an example. Somebody yesterday at the big table, and for those of you who are really ready to take a seat and just like tired of sitting in the same place, your plane's not in flight, you've got to be at the big table. September 10, 11, 12, uh, we have programs up in our new facility in Tahoe. Come join us. Take a seat. Um, and there was a guy yesterday that was real interesting. He was pitching a sales training program. And I didn't get it. I mean, believe me, I can get stuff really fast. And it was like minutes and minutes and minutes and minutes. And I said, so if you're going to train people to do sales this way, you really have to go inside corporate America. And it's sort of like he was wanting to train internal salespeople. I said, but that's not really our community at Live Out Loud because we aren't really, you know, a lot of people leave their jobs and are finding their own cash machines, of which being in sales is a cash machine. So anyway, it was just interesting to work through the what does he do, how does he do it, for whom does he do it, and why do you do it. And the reason it just kind of triggered my thinking is because the way he saw it was very much for corporate America. 
and not for entrepreneurial cash machine America. So by just tweaking that model a little bit. So, for example, would you rather go to a sales training or would you rather partner with somebody to do all your sales for you? Now, I would say 99% of you on the call should say the latter. You would rather hire somebody or partner with somebody and have them do it for you versus you learn how to do it, then you grow people up, then you figure it out. It's too slow. So it's an exact example of finding that model company and just by one tweak of engaging the customer, meaning our Live Out Loud community in a different way, this guy's going to get a lot of business. But in his original model, he wouldn't have got any. So it's just an idea of like be really clear that what, how, whom, and why. If you go to the next uh, you know, slide, message, target, market, and uh, marketing vehicle. In fact, I'm going to bring Martha. Martha, are you out there with us? I'm right here, Laurel. How are you today? I'm good. So Martha is my, market, my partner at Market Out Loud. Um, and uh, she has a fabulous uh, program that she and Carl actually worked on called Money Making Marketing, which, you know, writes a lot of scripts and things like that. So I was going to bring you in a little later, Martha, but we're right in the heart of a marketing conversation. So let's go into this, and then I'm going to have you kind of help me out with the makeover coming up. And, um, again, this is our first week that we've talked about marketing and sales, and we're going to be doing it really for the next four calls because at this time it's about making money. So I'm going to actually kind of pass the baton to you, talk a little bit about uh, you know, your experience in marketing, and um, then we'll, we'll kind of head through the message, target market, and marketing vehicle together. So why don't you tell everybody a little more about your background? Well, sure. I, like most of you, I probably have come out of uh, corporate America. I spent lots and lots of years working in telecommunications, running product management and marketing programs for them. And I left just before 2000 and went into a small public relations company because I wanted to get experience working with smaller companies. And they were working at the time with a lot of venture capital-backed, small, high-tech, consumer-oriented companies that were coming to market during that whole great market run-up with Internet things. And my job was to help small businesses learn to market, to position themselves, to do, to create a message, to answer that very difficult question that we all hate, and that is, uh, tell me about yourself. What do you do? So I worked with, that, with CEOs, helping them to get their organizations up, organized, and making them special in the marketplace. Um, Laurel, here's some, these are some in, interesting statistics I want to share with you and your folks on the call today because I think it puts marketing and getting the message right in its full and proper place. Every single day, we're bombarded with about 2,400 messages billboards, email messages, whatever the case may be. 2,400 things come at us every day. Of those 2,400, we only recognize 50, meaning it's registered. We saw it. We, we've taken in some of the information. And of the 50, we only act on four. Those are incredible statistics. And what it says to me is if you don't get your marketing right, if you don't get your message right, you're going to be one of the 2,350 that don't penetrate and, and get that thought in. So what I've been doing for the last seven years is helping small businesses to be able to, to market in a way so that they're not only one of the 50, they're one of the four, and they can earn their rightful place in people's minds, in wallets, getting leads into your business. And the best way to do that and the best way to turn your business around is with marketing. Marketing's about the only item you're going to spend money on that brings leads into your organization 
And then your salespeople, whether that's you right now, whether that's people that you hire, whether it's partnerships, your someone will take those leads and turn them into sales. But you can spend money on almost anything in your business and everything else is an expense. The only two things that bring money into your company are marketing and innovation. Innovation meaning in your products and how you think about your business and how you present yourself to the marketplace. There's a cycle that Laurel and I talk about, and that cycle is up here on the slide. You need to understand who your target customer is. You need to own something. You need to be very specific, and we're going to talk about owning something shortly with Sean and Heidi when we do the makeover. You need to own something, and that ownership needs to be in the message that you present to the marketplace because you're competing with 2,400 other people every day. And when mm-hmm. you're such good statistics, huh? They're frightening, though, aren't they, Laurel? Yep. Well, so if you go to this site, you look at the message. I mean, there's messages everywhere. And, again, I think you, as Martha's saying, have to really identify what is your message. Like, I'm the millionaire maker. And it was interesting as I went on to um, – you know, other shows. I'll use The Secret as an example. You know, I was asked to be one of the lead, uh, you know, people who take the stage on behalf of The Secret. And I said, well, that would make me the secret woman, you know, in a red jacket, not the millionaire maker. So unless I keep my messaging and my brand identity, even though The Secret has been a phenomenal success, that's not me. Like, and so it's, it's, it's a really interesting distinction, and I think all of you have to make those distinctions. It took me a long time in my career to make those clear distinctions of, of, uh, and, and then make the decisions that support it. Um, because a lot of people that are on this call, because I know, because I used to be one, and in some ways I still am, right? You're opportunity junkies, so you're like, look at every opportunity. But then what happens? And I, boy, I see with everybody, Martha, you too. Yeah. So many people have mixed messages. So then you go to the next one. You say, well, who's your target market? See, we clearly have a defined target market, and we went for a very clear niche of the population because, believe it or not, not everyone wants to be a millionaire. Now, as we look at that, we've been doing this now going on six years, it's like, okay, so we've kind of captured that part of the market. We've captured the people who truly want to live wealth-building lives because if you don't wealth in life, I can guarantee you this is not the community. I'm watching Table 33 complete yesterday. was the most amazing thing. Like all of them at 240 days in said, like, we get it. It's a lifestyle. It's what we will do for the rest of our life. It's who we're going to, you know, be spending time with. It's just it's how we live. It's how, how we raise our children. It's how we be in the world in a wealth-building conversation. That's truly what happens to live out loud. So we've got that part. And now what we're looking at, right, looking at a broader, expansive target market is – you know what, well, let's just help a lot of people make an extra 50000 because I know if we can help them, we get a broader target market. Once we teach people how to make money, believe me, they will shoot to be a millionaire. And so I'm just, I share that just because it's something very tactical and you guys see it because you're in the middle of it, but you got to look at what's your message and really keep it tight. Um, target market, you know, who's your target market for that? And, uh, you know, you got to narrow it. And the marketing vehicle, uh, Martha, why don't you talk? I mean, let's go there because as you see on the next, you know, slide, we're going to give, you know, a couple different marketing options. But, you know, I don't think people have enough marketing vehicles. I think they try to pick one or two and then they don't work. And then they say, biggest mistake, they say, my cash machine doesn't work. No, your cash machine works. Marketing doesn't work. Well, and I think that you use the absolute right words, Laurel. People say, well, I tried this. 
because I, I kind of guessed at what would work. We're all people of action. We're small businesses, so we rush right out and we get into action. We put an ad in the newspaper or we send out postcards, but we didn't take the time to do the step before. So if you get your message right, if you get your target market right, if you get those two steps right, and you think about marketing as a great conversation, then you can get the marketing vehicle right because your target customer will tell you how I prefer for you to market to me. I'm a baby boomer. I still read newspapers, the ones that you open <laughs> and it makes your hands dirty, right? I know. I have to laugh because I've never heard you disclose that. That's funny. I, I do. Well, not only that, Laurel, it's even worse than I that. Am I am not a baby boomer. I am a baby boomer. I'm a Gen Xer. I read three <laughs> newspapers on Sunday, and they're physical things. And occasionally, but my 25-year-old niece, she doesn't, know, she doesn't get her hands dirty with a newspaper. She reads a paper online. If I want to reach her... I'm not going to put an ad in the newspaper. If you're going to reach me, I'm, the odds are much better I'm going to see it in a newspaper. Carl used to text message me all the time, which made me laugh because I'm a tech-savvy person. So, yeah, I saw them, but the odds are probably better that I would see the ad in the newspaper before I react to the text message because we're different generations. We have different needs. We have different ways of communicating. And if you understand your target customer, that will make it far easier to pick the marketing vehicle that will work for that group of people. You've got brochures. You have websites. One of my new favorite ones that we're starting to explore, Laurel, is self-published books, which I think is highly underutilized for people who have um, uh, service businesses, speaking businesses, any place where you've got a smart person and you want to take that smart person and turn them into an authority. I think a book is a highly underutilized way of marketing yourself. But to me, there's two kinds of marketing vehicles. One that I would call sweat equity marketing. You're, you're starting your cash machine. You may not have the money or enough money to invest in marketing, but you can invest your sweat into doing some things that are really fundamentally free. And as you start to make money, you can then turn around and start to spend your money on marketing programs like posters and flyers and emails or radio or the, the right vehicle for your target customer. And you can do that gradually um, as you start to build your revenue, remembering full well that the intent is not to build awareness. The intent is to create leads. So you not only want them to be aware of who you are, you want them to contact you. And those marketing options are, are almost going to present themselves to you when you understand your target customer and you understand your message. Um, I was working with someone a couple of weeks ago who came to us for us to do a marketing plan for them. And they had just spent about $7,000 on a beautiful website. And it was gorgeous. However, that website, we turned out when we started doing our work with him and we found out who their target customer was and what they responded to, what we found out was they don't go online to buy things. They could have, my client could have put a bunch of little ads in the back of, of uh, hobby magazines and attracted their customer far better, far faster, and far more cheaply than the $10,000 website because their customer doesn't shop on the web. They, go, they were hobbyists, and they go to those little magazines, and they read the ads in the back. So that's, to me, a clear example of where we get caught up in trying marketing instead of doing it. No more guessing. Well, and um, I think a lot of people are guessing – um, I mean, I am one of those, like, sweat equity, you know, 
you know, built it from scratch, um, go, 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 gorilla, kind of just get it done, get leads in the door. And the reason I say get leads in the door is that you can market and market and market, but, boy, if your database is not growing on a monthly basis, you're probably doing some interesting activity, and we'll get to some, you know, tracking stuff in, in, uh, later in the call or maybe even loop that into next week. But I don't think a lot of people track their results. So my, let's head to the next slide. On slide six, we talk about some different options um, from newspaper display, classified ads, Internet sites. And I think most of you absolutely um, just don't do the – they don't do the Internet right. I mean, I think there's millions of static brochures up there. The web is designed for you to drive traffic and make money on your site. And if it's not doing that, why waste your time even putting it up? And um, the radio, great. I mean, we have enormous. I mean, I, I can't imagine if any of you on this call have not heard a radio ad. I mean, we do massive, massive radio marketing. Um, we do tons of email. You all know that as well. Posters and flyers and specific things might make sense. Party seminars and get-togethers, absolutely. I built this, um, you talk about, you know, sweat equity, gorilla. I mean, I spoke to anybody who would listen to me, even if it was two people, from the minute I, you know, started this company. And so speaking, you can always go somewhere and speak and generate leads and generate, uh, you know, marketing that way. But I think that so many of you on this call believe that you're going to do all your marketing from behind your desk. And I just I think there's offline and IN online that you're going to have to get to. Third-party endorsements, hands down, probably one of the greatest marketing tools out there, which is joint ventures. And, again, if you don't leave your, you know, door and actually get out and meet people, it's tough for that to occur. Third-party endorsements is also a great way for most of the folks on the call who are just starting their cash machines to get started. You go find some folks who complement your business. They don't compete with you. They complement your business. And go talk to them about sending out information to their customer list. They're not going to give you their customer list, but they'll send information about you to their customer list if you share some of the profit with them didn't cost you anything. It cost you getting up from behind your desk, putting on some better-looking clothes than your flip-flops, and going and talking to some folks who complement what you do. But did it cost you any money out of your pocket? Not unless you sold something. It's a fabulous way to get started. And make friends that you can take with you forever and ever. Because, Laurel, many of the folks that you first started with in doing third-party endorsements are, are still your business partners. Oh, absolutely. And many of them, you know, what you'll notice is many of them I've outgrown. Many of them, you know, we've been growing together. Um, a few have, a few have shot past, but not many. Could we're on a little rocket train um, of continuing just, you know, to capture the marketplace and really teach people how finance really works, how wealthy people really live. Because I know we have the right message. Thanks for listening to the Real Money Talks podcast. Your host has been Laurel Langmire, author of five New York Times bestsellers, money expert on Dr. Phil, CNN, CNBC, The Street TV, Fox News, and The View. Want to learn more about off Wall Street investing, tax strategies, and multi-million dollar business strategies? Visit liveoutloud.com slash podcast for past episodes, show notes, and resources. For some special wealth-building gifts only for Laurel's podcast listeners, visit liveoutloud.com slash podcast gifts. Do you have a burning question for Laurel? Visit asklaurel.com to submit your question, and it may just be covered on a podcast episode. 
So stay tuned and be sure to subscribe to get new episodes every week.